In a few moments, we're going to have a look at the throne room, the third kind of room. A throne room of, of God's, um, where, where God's presence is perfectly encountered and uh, displayed. It's a throne room of heaven. It appears in Isaiah chapter 6, Ezekiel chapter 1, Daniel um, chapter 7, and the passage that we're going to look at is in Revelation 4. But before we do, I want to start this year by thinking about some words that Jesus says. So at the start of his teaching ministry, in Matthew chapter 4, verse 17, he's just been in the wilderness, he's just been tested, the Holy Spirit comes and re-strengthens him, and he starts a teaching ministry. And the first thing that he says is, repent, the kingdom of heaven has come near. He doesn't start off by just saying, God loves you. He says, repent, change, the word is metanoia, have a transformation of the whole of yourself. Turn away from the way that you've been going and turn to God. Turn away from the way that you've been thinking and turn to God's way. Because God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, has come near. And that's why Jesus came, to bring God's kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, here on earth. I wonder if it's just me, and I don't think it is, but I wonder if we, I, need to ask God to change our thinking about life, about our own lives, about our church, about our community, about our work. I'm just going to, that's better, there we go. And to ask God to help us repent and have a, a change of thinking so that our, the culture in our lives, the culture in our church, the culture um, in, in our, our workplaces is in line with the kingdom of heaven's culture. Because this year we're going to be praying more and more. Those lines from the, the Lord's Prayer, here on earth as it is in heaven. And we're, we're going to grow outposts of heaven here on earth, an outpost uh, like a colony, like a small representation of, of the main thing. And as Jesus came from heaven to earth, he came and he started outposts of heaven, bringing the culture of heaven here on earth. What it's like in heaven here on earth. And he started it and he asked us to continue it. And in Matthew chapter 6, we see these words. And this, these are our, our verses for the year. And I wonder how many times we've prayed these words, our Father in heaven, holy is your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we've prayed those words and they've rolled off our tongues before we've even thought about what we're saying. Maybe you started saying them when you were in school and you just had those words and you learned them and you just said them and said them and said them. These are powerful prayers. Each of these, these phrases are so, well, like if we prayed them and they happened, wow, what an impact they would have. And I believe this year God wants us to grow in awareness, a deeper awareness of him as our father, but also awareness of his wonderful holiness. And then for us to be praying in, his will be done and his kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven, not just generally in our church. Yeah, God, your will be done, your, your, your kingdom come in our church, but in our lives, in our homes, in our workplaces, 
The kingdom of heaven coming here on earth where God's presence and power and rule and reign are perfectly experienced, having that here on earth. Because the church, God's people, as Eugene Peterson puts it, the guy who, who um, paraphrased the Bible um, in, into the message version, he said that the church is a colony of heaven in the country of death. And the strategy of the Holy Spirit for giving witness to the already inaugurated kingdom of God. You can um, read a bit more of that. That's in the booklet that you can download from the website. Or uh, it was on the email as well that came out to those who have given us contact <laughs> details. The church is to be a colony of heaven. I wonder if there have been times where you felt church is a bit more like the country of death. Oh, I'm going to church. Or, oh. Don't like that song. Or we sang that chorus 15 times and it was in the wrong key. Or I don't like the people that I'm sat next to or near. And it isn't feeding me, it isn't fueling me or bringing me life. And sometimes church might feel like that country of death. It might be that your life, your situation that you're in, feels like that country of death. And God is inviting you and us today. And we'll see as we look in Revelation chapter 4, uh, right at the very beginning of that chapter, God's inviting us to a new understanding, a, a, a new kind of mind, the metanoia, a change of our mind, a change of our thinking, so that we understand the church as the colony of heaven. In a country of death. And I wonder what difference that will make to the people that you work alongside. Or that we see in our community. Or come into this building. Or come into the prayer room. So as, as Fiona showed some, some uh, people around uh, the, the building just before Christmas. And they went into the prayer room. They went in. This room's different. This room is different. There's a peace in here. There's something different. I wonder what difference it will make as we step slowly and in small steps probably towards praying this prayer and seeing it happen. During January, we're going to be thinking of how can we pray this prayer in terms of worship. May we worship you here on earth, God, as it is in heaven. Our theme for January, as in heaven. So what does worship look like in heaven? Well, before we look at a passage, I want us to think of what your vision for worship is. What would you include? Would you include dance and movement, maybe with flags? Would you include lights and um, like a concert and a big celebration, would you include kneeling and having someone serve you a communion at the front, coming to the front? Would you include painting? This painting just there, I took when I visited the Open Doors office uh, just um, back in October, and it just captivated um, me as, as I looked at it and just prayed through it. Would, would, it, would your vision for worship include painting? Would it include sitting in rows uncomfortable seats? Would it include having a choir? Would it include singing hymns? What would your vision for worship include? What would be the things that you would put in your list? 
I know that some of you have already thought about this because you've told me. And one of the most repeated things that you have talked to me about since we moved into this building is about worship. So, get this list of what's in your vision. Imagine it's in your hand. And I want you to say, God, I lay this before you and may your will be done, your kingdom come in the worship in this place and in my life as it is in heaven. And after saying that prayer, let's listen to the reading of God's words taken from Revelation chapter 4. And Nikki's going to come and read, us, read it for us. Thank you, Nikki. Then as I looked, I saw a door standing open in heaven, and the same voice I had heard before spoke to me like a trumpet blast. The voice said, come up here and I will show you what must happen after this. And instantly I was in the spirit. And I saw a throne in heaven and someone sitting on it. The one sitting on the throne was as brilliant as gemstones, like jasper and carnelian. And the glow of an emerald, of an emerald circled his throne like a rainbow. The 24 thrones surrounded him and the 24 elders sat on them. They were all clothed in white and had gold crowns on their heads. From the throne came flashes of lightning and the rumble of thunder. And in front of the throne were seven torches with burning flames. This is the sevenfold spirit of God. In front of the throne was a shiny sea of glass sparkling like crystal. In the center and around the throne were four living beings, each covered with eyes, front and back. The first of these living beings was like a lion. The second was like an ox. The third had a human face, and the fourth was like an eagle in flight. Each of these living beings had six wings, and their wings were covered all over with eyes, inside and out. Day after day and night after night, they kept on saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God, the Almighty, the one who always was, who is, and who is still to come. Whenever the living beings give glory and honor and thanks to the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down and worship the one sitting on the throne, the one who lives forever and ever. And they lay their crowns before the throne and say, you are worthy, O Lord our God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things and they exist because you created what you pleased. Thank you. In the book of Revelation, there are numbers, there are creatures, there are bowls, there are trumpets, there are horns, there are more creatures. There are some things that are just plain strange. And we're not going to go into all of the detail of, of trying to explain or interpret all of those numbers and things like that today or over the next four weeks. What we want to try and answer is, what is heaven's 
well, what is worship like in heaven, and how can we, when we capture a glimpse of that, how can we worship gods like that here? We'll come back to these verses and spend a little bit longer on these verses, but I want to just quickly go through verses 1 to, uh, to 9. And it starts with an invite, an invite to get that glimpse of what heaven is like, what worship in heaven is like. John hears a voice inviting him. And I want us to hear that voice, that invite as well. What does it sound like? Like a trumpet blast. I wonder if you have heard a trumpet before. It is noisy. It's loud. It's something that you cannot ignore when it is, it's sounding. So my prayer is that when we hear this invite from verse 1... That God is saying, come up here. Come and see what it's like in heaven. That we will do what it says in chapter 3, verse 22. Anyone who hears, sorry, with ears to hear must listen to the Spirit and understand what he is saying to the churches. That when we hear God's invite, that we will respond and say, yes, God, I want to do what you are saying. And in verse 1, we see an invite into the throne room of heaven, the throne room of God's grace, the throne room of God's glory. And in verse 2, we see that John was instantly in the Spirit. And we cannot worship God fully. We cannot know what God is like without the Holy Spirit at work. We need a fresh wind, like Sarah was talking about, of God's Holy Spirit to help us take our eyes off ourselves and upwards into the throne room of God's glory and grace. John is immediately in the Spirit. And if we're to think about what our worship in heaven is like, it is Spirit-led and the Spirit leads us to see an opening in heaven. We see that in verse 2. I saw a, th um, a, a throne in heaven sitting on it. We can see into, uh, into heaven. Heaven is opened. And we can see in verse 3 that someone is sat on the throne. In, in chapter 4 and chapter 5 of Revelation, as uh, John goes through this vision of what the throne room of heaven is like, he shows us what it's like up there before he tells us what's going to happen here on earth with the great tribulations and the, and the judgment and the seals and the wrath and the bowls and the trumpets and the horns and things like that. The more um, challenging, the hard-hitting passages of Revelation are still to come. But before we look at the challenge, John is led by the Spirit and shows us what it's like in heaven. And at the beginning of this year, I don't know what you're facing, what, what you've come into the year with, or what is ahead of you. But this passage tells us once again, or reminds us, starts our year with our eyes um, being able to see in Scripture that someone is on the throne of heaven. God is there on the throne. 
And if we want to have a vision of worship, we need to be led by the Spirit to capture a glimpse of heaven which is open, and we need to see the one who is on the throne. Verse 4 we'll consider in a little while. Verse 5, 6, and 7, they're a little bit strange. There are creatures with eyes everywhere. And there's lightning and rumble of thunder. As I said, I'm not going to go into detail about these, these creatures. But I want us to understand that in heaven, in this throne room, it's, it's both, both beautiful in color and vibrancy, but also fear-inducing and awe-inspiring because of the powerful presence of God. Beautiful, yet awe-inspiring. And these creatures... To be perfectly honest, it doesn't matter what they are or who they are, but what they are doing helps us to answer the question of what heaven is like and what worship in heaven is like specifically. These living creatures, verse 8, these living creatures are continuously saying something about God. Now, some people I know in this church believe that they're not singers, that when they sing, it is an insult on people's ears. You can join in the worship of heaven by just simply saying, because that's what the living creatures are doing. Don't worry about starting a song and starting it in the right key and things like that. I'm a good example of badly starting songs. But take courage that in heaven, these living creatures are saying something about God's. So if you want to worship God like it is in heaven, say something about God's. Declare it. And what they declare is so beautiful, and we need to keep on coming back to this, that God is holy, holy, holy. He's the Almighty. He's the Lord. He's the one who always was and is and is to come. They declare it again and again and again. This is This isn't like the times that we sing a chorus 15 times and we were getting a bit irritated that we're singing it again. This is a complete, beautiful reaction and response and a revelation of what God is like. He's holy, holy, holy. He's eternally holy. He's eternally good. He's eternally powerful, eternally beautiful. And these living creatures, day and night and night and day, offer this repetitive statement and revelation of what God is like. And their worship impacts others. Whenever these living creatures worship, the elders who are dressed in white robes and with golden crowns on their heads, they join in and give glory and honor and thanks to God. And I want us to think about these elders Because probably we're not like a living creature that looks like an ox or an eagle or a lion. But we can maybe associate ourselves with an elder that looks like a human in heaven and they are worshipping. In verse 4 we see that they've been placed on a throne in the throne room of heaven. And my brothers and sisters here today, you have a place in heaven prepared for you that is in the presence, the eternal presence of the holy gods. How many of us deserve that? None of us. 
But Jesus, by his grace, has prepared that place for you. How many of us deserve white, clean, fresh start robes like these elders are wearing? None of us. Do they, representing Israel and the apostles, Israel who was so disobedient to God, yet by his grace he still includes them, and, and the 12 apostles, the 12 disciples, also disobedient and, and doubters and warriors and, and mess-ups and things, do they deserve these white robes and this throne in the throne room of God's? No. But by God's grace, he, he, posi- he positions them there, dressed in white robes and crowned with a crown of victory. The crown that they have on their heads, mentioned in verse 4 and when they lay them down in verse 10, The Greek word is stephanos, it's a crown of victory. It's not a crown of authority or royalty, which is diadem. God has placed on their heads a crown of victory that they haven't won themselves, but he won on the cross. He won through bursting forth out of the grave on Resurrection Sunday. And as they turned to him as they repented and believed the good news. He called them into his own family and he places a crown of victory on their heads. And these elders provide for us a beautiful vision of what worship is like in heaven. We'll we'll look at other moments of worship in heaven over the coming weeks, but this one I want us to think about this morning. It's a beautiful picture of submission, of bowing down before God and lifting him up. They fall down. Before the holy gods. And they give back to gods what he has given to them. They go out of their position of blessing into a place of humility. And when they're lying down before God, they can't look around at anyone else. They can't see anyone else. They're focused on God. And they offer their crowns back to God and saying, God, you are superior and I am inferior. Yet by your grace, by the victory that you have won and you've given me, I get to be in your presence and I humble myself before your holiness, before your goodness, before your mightiness and I give you glory, I give you thanks, I give you honour that is due your name. They respond to the revelation of God by submitting themselves to him. This vision of worship isn't about the style of the song or music or painting or whether we use flags or whether we move or whether we don't, whether we kneel or whether we stand, whether we sit in rows or sit in circles whether um, we come to the front to receive communion or, or things like that. It, it isn't about that. It's about who is focused, who's the focus of worship. 
and submitting to the one who's on the throne. And they declare all creatures in heaven and earth will praise and honor God because he is the creator and sustainer of everything. He alone is worthy for he has made all things. Just before we worship God together in response, and if the band want to come up, I want to share this quote with you. William Temple was um, Archbishop of Canterbury during during part of the Second World War, and I love his definition of worship. I find it really, really helpful. Worship is the submission of all of our nature to God. It's the quickening of the conscience by His holiness, the nourishment of mind with His truth, the purifying of imagination by his beauty, the opening of the heart to his love, the surrender of will to his purpose, all this gathered up in adoration, the most beautiful, most beautiful, selfless emotion of which our our nature is capable of. Today is a day of invite to come up and see. Today is a day of invite to to be part of what God is doing this year, to grow outposts of heaven here on earth. Today is a day of invite to capture something of what worship is like in heaven and to respond in whatever way we can to be like that, to say, God, what it's like in heaven, I want it to be like that here and to worship you. You may not like children's worship songs. I was talking to our our, um, second daughter in between the services. She came and and, uh, joined me in the first service. And I said, Kyra, is there anything that you would change or add to the sermon for the second service? And she said, no. uh, Well, the only thing, Daddy, is it's like that song. I reach up high and I touch the ground and I think, oh, no. And she she read through the the, the song, and I'm going to share it before we pray. I reach up high and I touch the ground. I stomp my feet and I turn around. I've got to praise the Lord. I jump and dance with all my might. I might look funny, but that's all right. I've got to praise the Lord. I'll do anything just for my God, because he's done everything for me. It doesn't matter who's looking on. Jesus is the person I want to please. May my whole life be a song of praise to worship God in every way. In this song, like the actions, praise his name, I want my actions every day to do the same. Can I invite you, if you are able, to kneel or to lay down? And we'll pray. And then the band will lead us in some worship songs in response. The image, God, of worship in heaven is is creatures and saints and elders bowing before your throne, and we join in that. Whether we're able to kneel or to lay down, or whether we are kneeling or laying down in our hearts because we're not able to in this space or or, uh, physically at the moment. 
we worship you. We submit our lives to you and take our crowns off, the the ones that you have placed on our heads and lay them before you as a thanksgiving offering. We say less about us, God, and more about you this year as we worship you. Teach us to pray the Lord's Prayer and mean it. Teach us to worship you here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, amen.